0: Welcome, everybody, into the latest episode of Before the Crowd. In this week's episode, I am joined by the lead singer and guitarist of the uh, London-based band Giulio, which I'm very lucky to play drums for, uh, and I'm joined here by Giulio Ambrogi. I've I messed the name up. It's instantly... Give me, can you give me the Italian, like the correct way to pronounce
1: it? No, I think it was correct. It's Giulio Ambrogi.
0: And but it's that it's the role of the ours, man. I that's British, we can't
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I'm used to it. I've been in London for, for
0: four years now. So that's fair, man. <laughs> well, thanks for being as uh, part of the show and uh, and coming and doing the interview today.
1: Thank you. Thank
0: you and hi everyone. One thing like I straight off the bat I wanted to talk to you about was obviously the new single that we've we've just put out as a band. Um so I just wanted to maybe get inside your head a little bit as to kind of the inspiration behind the single um you know what it's about where the title came from that kind of thing so what uh, what inspired you to make that single and how did it come about
1: yeah the single the title is get out and the lyrics are about a a feeling that uh, something that i felt multiple times uh while living and working in london is a feeling where i'm not am never fully uh, satisfied of what I'm doing in, in the present. For example, I'm at home, but I would like to go out and have fun, but maybe that particular night has nothing to do or I don't have any friend to contact that night. Or the other way around, I am outside and I'm not having fun or I would like to be at home. It's like the opposite. Mm. Um, this is just an example, but it's this constant feeling of wanting to do something else or uh wanting to go to a different to to the next level and and it's funny because uh if you hear the song now it feels like it it was written during the lockdown period because yeah it it talks about going crazy while while i'm i'm inside my flat or or things like that and yeah but it was written way before that was like probably 12 months before it all started.
0: It kind of reminded me a little bit of the song I Want To Break Free by Queen. And it's uh, just that wanting to, to get out and do something. Well, it's like you said, it's, it's almost about opposite sometimes. But it's, yes. yeah, it's, it, it's odd, obviously, because we were rehearsing it and you'd written it before, before it even got to the point of having the tracks recorded having it mixed, which is all stuff I want to talk about, that process, and then obviously to the point of release. But when it came to to the writing process, so you wrote the, the melody, the chords, or, or did you collaborate with somebody on it?
1: No, I've, yeah, I've written it all on my own. And I, I started from the melody, as I often do. Yeah, so I, I wrote the song on my own, and I started from the melody because, I I don't know, I've always... Uh, found found easier to start from there I'm more of a melody person rather than a a lyrics writer Mm. Um, and then I I started thinking about some of my day-to-day thoughts and things happening and I thought that that kind of feeling that that I mentioned before was was worth a song on its own and so I've built the lyrics on top and then yeah Essentially at home I only needed a guitar and a MIDI keyboard to simulate all the other instruments. This is just for the draft of the song. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I got to meet you and the other members of the team the the, the other members of the band, Ivan mm-hmm. and Lucia, um we we got together, started rehearsing it, playing it live, and also we recorded it during lockdown, didn't we? To remember now.
0: Yeah, it was um it was quite I don't know about you but uh for my part it was quite a fun recording process because it was you know completely remote recording where we were all in our separate homes separate houses recording our parts and it was it it was strange you know because normally if it's like you said if it's just you're sat doing everything by yourself or you go into a studio with a band um yeah How, how did you find it did you enjoy the experience of recording separately
1: It has been weird because um, in some way it was cool that we were able to do something during that time. But on the other hand, we didn't have the the feedback that you had normally have when you are all together recording at the studio or someone's place. So it was weird because yeah, you, you, you get the feedbacks delayed maybe by days and you are in completely different mindset when you receive them. So you don't have, Necessarily, that a chance again to to re to record again, or you're not in the same headspace. Um, so it was it was weird. Overall, I'm happy with it because we we managed to release something. Mm. Uh, you you never know if it could be better, could have been better or worse uh, recording in studio. Uh, at least I'm happy that we managed to to release something.
0: Definitely, it was because um, <laughs> I know. I think it was on on this song or maybe it was on Yellow Lemon. No, I think it was this song when I think you said to me, you were like, OK, can you record the drums first? Because that's like the foundation and the bedrock for all the other instruments. And then we put it together and you were like, whoa, hang on. This is way out because we had two different draft tracks and two different guides that people were working from. And it's like you said, that would that would never happen in the studio because you, you know we go to play guide track and one of us will go hang on this is the wrong one instead you have a recording process where like you said it's maybe a day delay on a, a matter like that it's it was it was quite a strange experience yeah that was a funny one i
1: think <laughs> i think the the price to pay for working remotely is that we need to to be more organized in like the way we where where we put the files and the folders and everywhere everything um, mm because it's, it's difficult, uh, this thing, this kind of things can happen every time. It's like, it, maybe, maybe I'm biased by, by the fact that I'm working nine to five, so I'm doing completely other, of I'm doing office work in my day to day, so I'm trying to, to take the, the bits, the good bits from that to the music side of things, mm-hmm. because uh, some things are helpful, like how you manage your, your tracks and stems and everything. It's, it is difficult to work remotely.
0: But I think it's a, it's a really good point you've hit on, and it's something I've noticed from, uh, I'm sure you were probably the same, like, you know, when you're a teenager and you're starting out in your first bands and first starting to play with people, it's it's such a mess because no one really knows what they're doing. But then as you get older and you get into your 20s and, and keep growing as a person and, you learn these organizational skills maybe from workplaces and then you're actually able to bring that into a band and everything just runs smoother because it whether people like it or not you, it is kind of like a business you have to run it like a business
1: yeah absolutely I'm ne- i've am never been against
0: uh, this type of work worky
1: things uh, <laughs> like having a, a shared folder on drive or things like that i know that some people are against it because it kind of kills the magic of creativity, things like that. But at some point that you need, you need to have some of that, otherwise with, with the little time we all have for commuting, organizing, and finding a room to play, and etc. there's no other way around it, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, no, I, uh, I completely agree. And I, I guess kind of talking about the, the organizational side of it, can you, um, can you maybe tell us a little bit about the mixing process for the song and because that went through a few changes of different mixing mixing engineers um yeah can you tell us a little yeah. bit about that uh
1: no so yeah the budget was obviously limited and i tried a few options uh some on Fiverr and some and and also another studio in london um i wasn't happy with the mixing the the band the whole you you guys were not happy as well we we discussed it together uh we had we had the feeling that the, the, the outcome of the mixing was very far from what we expected. So what, uh, one of the band members Ivan, the, the bass player offered uh, to, to do the mixing for us and I think he did a great job. Um, it's one of the first songs that he he did a, he did a few a few other mixing in the past so this is uh, still one of the first ones for him but it was it was quite good. Um, what do you think?
0: i thought he did a really good job yeah i i didn't actually know that was one of the first tracks he'd mixed i thought he'd done quite a few but i guess for me the big difference between him uh and the other mixing engineers was his attention to detail because the other guys it was just sort of you know it felt like they just chucked a reverb on or they just you know like they'd done it in half an hour but i remember Ivan, I think, was like you know, WhatsApping us at nearly midnight and being like, "Guys, here's the next, you know, take of it. What do you think about this? What needs to change?" And maybe it's because he's part of the band um, and he he was personally invested in the track, but he just gave it so much more care than I thought the other engineers did, you know. And obviously, yeah. not naming names, but I yeah, I thought he did a great job.
1: Yeah, absolutely. One thing that made a difference to me was. Yeah, as you said, the, the attention to the detail. Trying to, it's more difficult to 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 keep the track simple and clear rather than just, as you said, choking effects, reverbs, doubling everywhere. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think I think the, the track, the the original idea of the track in the in the draft that we we used to play together, was was to keep it very dry and clean, and and this is what we released in the end. Uh, in
0: spotify definitely definitely and i think that kind of like you just mentioning spotify that kind of leads me on to my next question and as a as an artist what what have you found that uh of the difficulties of releasing a single through you know various platforms and and through self-promotion what would you say have been the main challenges that you faced
1: um i'd start with what i with and. With a myth for, especially for for uh, people that approach uh, music for the first time, it's not difficult to to put your songs on Spotify or other places. The really difficult part for me was, and it is today as well, is how to promote yourself, how to to reach other people, because. Uh, yeah, it's it's easy to upload something somewhere, but then no one will listen to it uh, unless you promote yourself. And yeah, that's that's something I'm, I'm I still need to work on, or 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 maybe I would I would have to delegate to someone else because I'm I'm not, definitely not good in, in that kind <laughs> of stuff. It's that's why it is a job. People are paid to do that uh, in in companies. That's why. Yeah, you need to, to to know a lot about your audience, and a lot about, uh, I don't know, timings, uh, design, so many things. What, what do you think?
0: Oh no, I, I absolutely agree with you. And like, I mean, as you know, like a part of my day job, I kind of work for a music university, and so I see, you know like hundreds of bands come and go, and artists, and you can have people who have you know the best talent in the world, but I think without having that key tool and understanding, it's so easy to get lost in what I think is a very oversaturated market. Oh. Look out, look, out. Like there's so many bands and so many artists out there now um it, it's so difficult to stand out
1: yeah <laughs> yeah and there's also this thing about authenticity being yourself and uh, because people want to know about you want to know your s- stories about you and i'm not sure i'm, I'm totally bought into it uh, i know many artists made their own uh fortune by by doing this by doing lives uh, sorry uh, stories and live stream about them doing crazy things but ultimately, what I'm trying to work on in my little time is is my music. I'm not interested in sharing uh, that I'm doing a smoothie in the morning wearing a, a banana pajama. I could do it, <laughs> but I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's what I like doing. And today, if you don't like doing this kind of stuff, it's really difficult unless you are you are you are the best musician in the world or you are promoted properly. I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree, and it's that. I guess once people start buying into who you are as an artist, like I, I don't know about you, but um, you know, like when they do the X factor and they always show particular um, contestants and they're, you know, as a sob story and there's always something that is tragic that's happened to them. And yeah, I'm sure it was horrible, but they, they seem to exploit that part of people to show that to the audience instead of maybe focusing on the talent or the music and the songs, and yeah, people buy into it. But I don't think it's necessarily yeah. the best thing in the world to do.
1: Yeah, I'm not saying it's 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 bad or anything. Uh, it may not work for everyone. Some people, uh, some people are not interested in doing that. I was thinking like an equivalent of this on on the, on stage it's like if you compare singers who engage with the public and singers who don't don't care about it and they they're just there to sing i respect both they're just two different styles and and i think it's there's there's the same kind of attitude in social media some people mm-hmm. only want to share the music some other people prefer to share the whole experience the whole their own they whole their whole life
0: yeah absolutely and i I guess then, because like you said about sharing the whole life, do you find it, because uh, as, as you mentioned, like, you know, you're, know, th- what did you call it, a uh, five to nine musician? Yes. <laughs> I, I really like that term, actually. I'm going <laughs> to gonna use that. I like it. But do you find it difficult then to balance that, you know, working a, an intense day job in a capital city of the world and then going home or going to rehearsals and, and working on music? How do you balance that?
1: Um, I find yes I find sometimes I find it difficult the m- most difficult thing to me is energy so at the end of the day being able to perform or to create your if your brain is tired is you're not likely to create good things or especially if you need to write a song or something like that reason why I I had to organize myself like like if i was working like like if it was another another job for example there has been a time where i had to focus on recording some stuff and i couldn't find the energy at the end of the day for doing it since i'm more of a morning person i said okay i'm gonna wake up a couple of hours earlier for a month a month and a half whatever and then i started recording these things before going to work and i Mm -hmm. found i found this working a lot for me it's all it's all it all depends on how you are as a person if you find that you're you're better in doing these things at night do it at night if you're if you're more likely to do them in the morning it's worth waking up earlier my irrational behind it was i want to i want to spend the time where i'm my the the hours where i'm more active on the things that i care the most Mm -hmm. and so i wanted to to really to record
0: some stuff before going to work so hang on. So when we said about a 5 to 9 musician, I assumed that was p.m. But is it, are you getting up at like 5 a.m. and doing this then? Is it? Like-
1: no, no, yeah, no, sorry. Uh, yes, it's five, it's, it's sim. It's, uh, it's figurative. It's 5 p.m. 5 PM to 9 a.m. Uh, but yeah, truthfully, I used to wake uh, at 6, let's say 6, 6.30, mm-hmm. I was recording stuff, then 8.30 was going to work roughly so a couple of hours before going to work yeah uh, but yeah it, it's also five to nine in a sense that after work you can start doing this stuff
0: yeah i think that's one thing and it's one thing i really like uh about playing with with this band is it's i think because everybody understands that balance and it's always been a really nice relaxed atmosphere and, and we all have fun when we make music as well and it's you know it's being in a group of friends who make music and it's, it's not that high intensity of, um. Uh, you, do you know what I mean? Like it's, our living isn't counting on it. When we play music in this band, we do it for enjoyment and for pleasure. Some venues might never reopen. And even if they do reopen, they're not going to be paying bands, you know, hundreds of pounds a night.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. Especially, in, I don't really know uh, the cover bands, uh, uh, scenario in the uk but with regards to our own music which is originals
0: yeah it's difficult isn't it I, I guess like that's the thing because if you are doing the cover bands and you do weddings and functions and i did a, a podcast a few weeks ago with someone who's done that and it's like yeah you can make a living off of it and in the summer you can be booked up every friday or saturday and do a wedding and get paid you know a thousand pounds a week but then in january you don't earn anything because yeah. No one's got any money. It's after Christmas. But I think for, for me, and I don't know if you'd agree, like, you know, when you have that nine to five job and you're like, but you need that creative output and you want to create your own music and this product. And like you said, you have to get up early. It almost pushes you more and it can be more of a motivation. Yeah. Because you, you, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to do it. Like, your life doesn't depend on it, but you do it because you want to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and on the downside, uh, it's easy to to procrastinate because you know you don't have to do it. It's easy to get lazy just because you have your own job, you have your own salary. You have, let's say, I have a PlayStation in my uh, in my living room, and it's easier to just come back from work and play an hour on PlayStation rather than start writing a new song. Just it's oh just yeah,
0: hundred percent on that one. I do you know like I haven't played playstation and, and xbox in 10 years because like i just I'm, I'm so obsessed and then as we went into lockdown i bought the uh red dead redemption 2 game oh. and i was like right i can't go anywhere i can't do anything this is going to be perfect like, yeah. and, and i got completely obsessed and addicted to it yeah
1: but it's good to have some coping mechanisms at times uh whatever that is could be playstation or going outside for a walk playing doing sports or something completely different to to cope with all the regular
0: activities that we do definitely definitely do you think there's um do you think live music is going to come back in the way that we knew
1: well the way that we I'm not particularly impressed about the way that it was before <laughs> before lockdown. So I hope that it comes back stronger than before. People I mean with stronger I mean I hope that people will be more interested in and engaged in what happens on live. Uh, at the moment I have I'm I'm normally I'm quite pessimistic so I hope to be to be wrong on this but I I'm, I'm seeing I'm not seeing that much of interest in live music Mm. i haven't seen that in the last couple of years um what do you think
0: i'm not sure to be honest i i've spoken to a few people about this and i think the the engagement is going to be key and it's going to depend on social distancing and guidelines and things but i guess in terms of getting people to the gig like i always felt you were Particularly good at that. Like I remember when we did that one gig in North London, and I was like, "Oh, everyone here's Italian," and then it was like, "Oh no, these are like all the people you've bought." And I think maybe about five or six times that night, people came up to me and started speaking Italian, and and I had to get, and I had to go. I'm I'm really sorry. I can't speak Italian. I'm English. Um, but you were still able to bring those people and you know, friends and, and supporters. Cause I think that's what we need from people is, you know, it's your friends, it's your supporters. It's maybe casual listeners of the music who go, you know what? I do like going to live music. I'm going to go out and see acts and see bands so people can keep doing what they love doing. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not blaming people for not being interested in music. obviously. Uh, it's also on nice us to, 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 to release cool, nice music and, and get them interested in what we do and promote ourselves. And also on the venues uh, to rethink probably the, their strategies in order to, to organize these nights. Because sometimes I've seen crazy, crazy high tickets for originals gigs. And people are just, this if you, if you do that, if you, if you put a 10, 10 Ten pounds ticket on a venue that is not even famous on a on a random night during the week, you're creating a barrier between between people and and bands, and and they they would have probably got more than that if the entry was free and people
0: just bought beer on
1: the, uh, the pub.
0: Um, right, I think that's the perfect way to put it. There, it's a barrier because, like I guess, if you think if if someone's going to come out. First of all, it's a weeknight, meaning they possibly got to get up early the next morning. If you're in London or kind of any major city, it's probably going to take you half an hour to an hour to get to the gig. You've got to pay £10 to get in. You're going to want to get a couple of beers when you're there. Um, you know, like just to go and watch some live music at night costs you maybe £20, £30 to sort of minimum. And it's it's a lot of money for people to do, especially when often with venues they don't pay the band that money you won't get all of that back or even half of that back it, it all goes to the promoters or goes back into the venue
1: yeah yeah i haven't got that much experience in uk with promoters but i for what i've seen so far it, it, the whole the whole mechanism doesn't work for me um mm. because of this barrier that it has been created and it makes sense that people don't don't come to listen to originals um, because they don't know what to expect. They, they don't. They're not allowed to even get in, get a beer, and then decide what, whether they like or not the band. Uh, so that's something that needs to be rethinked. And I I, I I suspect that even promoters don't make that big big amount of money out of out of us. So yeah, we need to take a step back. I think.
0: What are the because um, you were saying about promoters in the UK? So, w- what are the main differences between the music scenes and the music industries in in Italy against the United Kingdom?
1: Um, to be honest, I've lost a bit of a bit of contact between Italy and between what happens in Italy, and also the the, the environment where I used to play was a was a, a small town, so. I don't really know, for example, in Milan or Turin, what what it is like. Uh, For what I remember, it's pretty much like what happened today in London. So uh, there are a lot of cover bands, um, very few originals, original bands. Um, It's similar. Uh, Well, ironically, I think I was making more money, way more money here in Italy, where I'm at the moment in Italy, more than in London, in, in the small town where I was, more than in London. Mm. Uh, don't really know why, but, and I was doing mainly cover back then. Uh, I used to have a couple of bands of uh, where we used to do originals, but, uh, yeah, that when we were, when we got, we were more likely to be paid when we
0: used to do gigs,
1: ex- uh, sorry, covers. Mm.
0: Yeah, it brings a lot of people out, I guess, because everyone wants to go out and listen to their favorite songs and the songs they can sing along to. Maybe.
1: Yeah, it's worth it's worth mentioning that it was until four years ago, uh, and the music scene since four years ago has changed a lot. So, with with Instagram booming and Spotify, I think I'm now is is very different from what it used to be four or five years ago. So, yeah, I don't really know what i i'm not able to do a
0: a a good comparison uh, from, from what it is today but i think that point in itself is that it has changed rapidly and dramatically over the last four years i i think that in itself is is really valid and it's very reflective of how the music industry is just constantly evolving and new things are coming from it
1: yeah yeah absolutely it's evolving uh with the technology and social media, basically.
0: Okay, well, um, kind of just as we we start to wrap up and finish now, um, the last thing I wanted to ask you was, um, in terms of obviously the band of Julio, can you maybe talk about what uh, plans you have or dreams you have for the band in future and and what you would like to happen?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would like to release a couple of songs that we have in our, our backlog. Uh, we are we already playing them live, but I would like to, to record them and publish them. Another thing that I would like to do is to play more often live, to, to, to play live whenever we, we will be able to, to go live. Um, and obviously, I want to write some new songs. Um, I normally write many, I, I, I normally have some short, very creative weeks where i write everything and then i don't write for for years and i need i need that spike again to to write a few more few more songs i ideally i would like to 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 create a full album with a theme or something And um, but i'm still thinking about it it's very very early stages and i don't know i would la- i would ask you what what would you like to do with this band
0: <laughs> um I think i like to do the same as you. I think it would be great to put an album out and have more songs recorded. It's more things um, to present to people as well. And I think, like you said, just being able to play live again, like on top of everything else musically right now, I can't wait to get back into a room, yeah. play, playing music with a band again and just, just creating that is just so much fun and I can't wait to do it
1: yeah and also one thing I forgot to mention uh it's weird that that I'm saying that, but we need to reach more people, and the way we can do it is is by i am afraid that it's only by being more present on the social media mm-hmm. and and share more whatever we share uh, that's something that we need to sit down and think a bit more carefully uh, but yeah definitely or otherwise no one will listen to, to what we produce. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy about the, the little following that we have at the moment. And every single person that I meet after a gig that comes to us and says, hey, I like you, uh, that, that kind of things, uh, makes me very proud of it. But yeah. obviously, we need to aim for more, more of that.
0: Definitely. Anyway, well, thank you so much for, for coming and, and chatting and being part of the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, and we'll um yeah, we'll have to do it again soon, maybe on the next single or or when the album comes out or something. We'll we'll do another one, maybe with the whole band next time.
1: Yeah, why not? We'll probably need a few few hours because
0: yeah, you know Italians are very chatty. <laughs> <laughs> I know, thought I'd just follow-up. start with you this time, and I was like, well, let's see how it goes with you, and then I bring a, bring the other guys in as well, and we'll, we'll do like a four hour special or something.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, for, for the listeners, uh, you can find us on Instagram uh, as Julio DJ
0: Amazing! Thank you. Okay, well, make sure everyone goes and checks that out. <laughs> All right, mate. Thanks so much.
1: Cool. Thank you. Bye.